0: It's good to be here, huh? Yes, we need it, the boost. It's hump day. Let's get over the hump. <laughs> Downhill to the weekend. All right, let's turn to Psalm 81. And I was, I was told that if you want to be a good preacher, you should start off with a joke. So I got a joke. All right. But first, I want to ask a question. How many of you know more than one language? You do? Wow, there's a lot. How many of you know more than two languages? Let's raise them high. I want to see. How many of you know more than three languages? We got a half hand over here. Four languages? Wow. Okay. Kind of. We're mixing languages now. Swedish and Finnish is becoming one. Okay, so here's the joke. What do you call somebody who's, who knows three languages? Trilingual. Trilingual. What do you call somebody who knows two languages? Bilingual. What do you call someone who knows one? American. American. <laughs> you knew the joke. American. Yeah, I don't speak English. I speak American. I don't need to know any other language. They got it all in the signs and everything. Okay. Am I a good preacher because I made you laugh? Yeah, no, okay. Try again. (laughs) Okay, so Lord, just bless this message and just encourage us tonight in the faith. And thank you for the congregation of those who love you. Thank you that we can just come together and be together in the same spirit of faith, coming together as a family. Yes. Just bless this word and build us up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Psalm 81, um, in verse, we'll just, we'll start in verse 5. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. Up until verse 5, it's the psalmist who is speaking. And at the end of verse 5, he says, "I, I heard a language that I had not known. And then it's time for God to speak. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. Yes, God is speaking. Isn't that good? The psalmist is speaking, and then God comes in. But what does the psalmist say? He says, I heard a language that I had not known. And for us, that language is the language of God. Uh, It's the words that are words of spirit and life. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. And when God is speaking... The words bring life. Why is it that we don't recognize this language? It's because this language is only understood by those who have the Spirit of God. And we were made alive when we were dead in our sins and trespasses in Ephesians 2 verse 1. And in Ephesians 1 verse 18 it says that the eyes of our heart can be enlightened that we can know what the hope of our call is, right? So God, he, we are born again, born of the Spirit, and He puts His Spirit in our heart, and now our heart is able to understand a new language. And this new language is the language of the cross. It's the language of the finished work. Jesus said it is finished. There is no more debt that you have to pay. I have paid it for you. Jesus said, the, the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to you, I have taken it out of the way and I have nailed it to the cross. In Colossians two fourteen and 15. It's a new language. A language that we understand when we live by faith. When we hear by faith. And what does he say? The lang- what does the language say? I relieved your shoulder. Of the burden. And in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 4, God calls Israel, He says, You are a people who are laden with iniquity. What is the burden that is on the shoulder? It is iniquity. In the book of Job, it says that men drink iniquity like water, that that we have drunk iniquity like water. And it is a burden that is on our shoulders, but God has relieved our shoulders from the burden of sin through the cross of Christ. Amen. He has relieved our shoulder from the burden and he has given us a new yoke in Matthew 11. This is the new language. Every one of us is here today, this evening, because we have heard that language. We have heard the Holy Spirit minister life to our heart. And we have we have we have experienced the grace of God and we know what it is to have iniquity taken off of our shoulders. Right. We can stand up and stretch them out and praise the Lord. He says, I have taken the basket from your hands. Why does he take the basket from our hands? Our hands are now free to praise God. Psalm 145, it says, let my prayers arise as incense to you in the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. No longer do we have to do the work with the the burden on our shoulder and our hands carrying the burden. But now we are resting in grace. We are resting, fellowshipping with God, right? Because we've been cleared of our sin. Isn't that amazing? Yes, we have a new language. We all know it. It's the same spirit of faith that we share. First Corinthians twelve thirteen, we're drinking of the same spirit. What is the language saying? It's saying, "Forgive one another as I have forgiven you." The psalmist is saying in uh, one of the psalms, Pastor Glenwinow, uh, Psalm sixty nine. There is no foothold. I don't have a foothold. I'm in deep waters, God. I don't have a foothold. And he says, the new language says, stand on grace. It's a sure foundation for your feet. It can't be removed. It's, it's Matthew 7, building our house on the rock, standing in grace. It's the new creation. It's immovable. It's a new language. It's a new way of living. In Romans 6, it's the new way of the Spirit not the old way of the law, a new language. Isn't that good? And this is interesting that he says, I did not know this language. I did not know this language that I heard. And isn't it true that when we, when we first got saved, we heard a language and we didn't know what it was? We couldn't put our finger on it, but we knew that it spoke to a deep part of our, our lives that nobody has ever spoken to before. We know we, It was different because no one has ever spoken to us like Jesus did. No one's ever spoken to us like Jesus did. And when the woman was caught in adultery, she looked up and she heard a language that she didn't know. Where are your accusers? She had never heard that before. Neither do I condemn you. It's a new language. But as we grow in our faith, we're able to discern. We're able to discern when we hear this language, and we're able to discern when it's the wolf in sheep's clothing. We're able to discern the voice of God in Hebrews 5.14 when we are training our powers of discernment through constant practice. Right? Right? In Isaiah 50, God wakes us up every morning so that we can hear as those who are taught, right? And this is really good. This is just a closing point. When we learn the language of God, when we get used to the fact that our shoulders have been taken off, the iniquity has been taken off of our shoulders, something happens, God says, your shoulders are free from the burden, now take up your cross. You're used to hearing this this language, I took up the cross for you, now can you take it up? Can you hate your life in Luke 14? Can you lose your life in John 12? When we are trained hearers of the new language, we exchange that burden of iniquity for the cross of Christ. Our hands are freed from the work that we, we were in bondage to, to praise God and then to help somebody else, to take their burden off of their shoulders. When our ear is trained to know this language, we discern when God is telling us to take the yoke from someone else. Bear one another's burdens in Romans 12. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. The language teaches us to become like the one who freed us from our burden. And what happens with our tongue? Now we know the language. We heard it in a dark place. And now in Matthew 10, we go to the rooftops. And now we're shouting the new language. Now we're shouting the forgiveness of sins. We're shouting the grace of God. We're going to the highways and the byways, and we're telling those who are out, we're compelling them to come in because Jesus said in John 20, As my Father sent me, I am sending you. This new language is that we are sent, we are called, we are bringing those in. And what does this new language do? I love this. Our ears have heard, and now our hearts respond. This new language, it says, do not love in word or in tongue, but love in deed and in truth. We hear with our ears, but we respond with our hearts. The new language teaches us to have a heart, obedience to truth. Truth. In Psalm 27, verse 8, God says, seek my face. And what's the response? It's so interesting. My heart says to you, my heart says. It's a new language. It's a language of a heart response to God's initiation. It's not, just say, it's not being the servant that says, yeah, I'll go in the field, but then he never goes. It's being the servant that says, I don't know if I want to go serve today. But I make a decision to respond in my heart by faith. It's a, it's a new language that we have. And, and praise God that we are learning it. We've heard it. We've been delivered from Egypt. The burden is gone. The burden is taken off of our shoulders. The basket is taken out of our hands. We have been given a new life and a new spirit, a new heart, New eyes in Ephesians 1.18. New eyes to see the way that God sees. A new language in our mouth and a new heart that obeys. It's a new language. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen.
1: Uh, in the news, we hear about Israel in the war uh, between the Israelis and the uh, Hamas um, in Gaza. And uh, we are all, like, thinking about it and fascinated with it and sympathetic with Israel. We also understand uh, the Palestinians. If you are a student of the Bible, and you understand uh, these I, these uh, feelings and uh, the history of Israel, uh, the departure of the Jews from Israel at the time of Christ. He prophesied that they would be leaving. They were driven out of Israel, even out of Jerusalem, and then out of the whole country by the Romans, In the year 122, it was illegal for a Jew to be in Israel, which was under the governance of the Roman Empire. And so uh, they were scattered across the world uh, for hundreds of years. The language was lost except in the synagogues, and uh, the country is lost to the Jews Then in the 19th century, the end of it, there was a a Jewish movement, a Zionist movement to go back, and they went back. There was the Holocaust in Europe. After that, more went back, and then the United Nations, in their sympathy for the Holocaust, gave them the rights to their own statehood. So they became a nation. Uh, was it May Fourteenth, in nineteen forty-eight, I think. And uh, uh, so, what happens to the Palestinians? Well, uh, they also had been living there for a couple thousand years. They had their land or their their way of living, their lifestyle. The, the Arab Arab people, primarily. Uh, also lost in it are the born-again Palestinians, for there are many of them. There are Palestinians who are our brothers and sisters, and they are born again. Uh, there are Israelis that are born again. They are our brothers and sisters. So in this conflict, uh, we are uh, with Israel. We are believing that God gave them the land. He gave it to Abraham. Uh, they've been chastised by God. They've been spoken to by God. Uh, we have our Bible. We read it all the time about them. And that we are grafted in to that olive tree in Romans chapter 11. That their branches cut off and then we are bre- we are grafted in. But not all Israelis are denying Christ or not believing in Christ many of them do believe in Christ, and therefore we are in the same tree. But the roots, like in Psalm 44, which we'll read tonight, and also for you to understand that in Romans chapter 2, Paul, Paul wrote by the Holy Spirit that we are spiritual Jews. Uh, let me read it so that it's correct. But he, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly. Now, this is an Orthodox Jew writing. This is Paul, who, as born again, in Acts 9, wonderfully saved uh, and understood the plan of God and the mind of God. And that uh, we, neither is that circumcision which is outward. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, as circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. That's us. We are inwardly Jews, inwardly of the heart, the same heart that Abraham had. The first Jew was Abraham, the first one, heart of faith in God, looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Looking for a country, a better country than what is here on the earth. Looking for the eternal city, eternal covenant, eternal blood, eternal Christ, a resur- resurrected Christ, eternal life, a new language. Like Zane said, we are one inwardly. Circumcision is not that is that is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. Okay, so when we read the Psalms, we read about ourselves and the Jews. So let's read uh, and then identify. I think this will just be a reading. I'm not sure how much we'll be preaching, but it's Psalm 44 in verse 1. We've heard with our ears, O oh God, our fathers have told us what work you did in their days, in the times of old. Well, what do you mean? How long ago? Well, our fathers told us about, about many things, about Noah, about Enoch walked with God. And it says, we have, we have, and he was not, but it says he was taken Enoch was taken. He was raptured. There's no burial for Enoch. He walked with God and he was snatched up. That's really the meaning of the Hebrew. He was snatched up. The same meaning for Elijah taken up in the chariot. Enoch was taken up. And guess what? You're going to be snatched up too. Yeah. When? Well, after this meeting, I'll tell you the date. <laughs> Verse 2. How did you drive out the heathen with your hand and planted them? How you did afflict the people and cast them out? How we took the promised land, how we went in and got rid of the Hittites and the Jebusites and the uh The Philistines and the Canaanites, how we you brought us into the land, how you did that. This is on the earth. But this all is an allegory or a metaphor for our spiritual life that we have authority. But don't get worried when you come under pressure like Israel is under pressure tonight in the Middle East. She has many enemies. Yes, we have many enemies, because what we are is of God. We are from God. It doesn't mean we are perfect people. It doesn't mean we we are not arrogant about it. It's very humbling to be surrounded by difficulties. But in the psalm, the psalmist is going back to God. When we're in trouble, we go back to God. That's the point here. Let's look at it, chapter forty-four, verse two, uh, verse three. For they got not the land in possession. These are the Jews. They didn't get it by their own sword. Neither neither did their own arm save them. How how did it happen? Do you know? If you read some of these early stories, you would say Abraham took his wife. And then he says his, his, she is his sister. He tells the king. The king goes, "What are you doing? I, you know, what are you doing? I, I will, I will kill Abraham." Remember, Abraham was afraid they would that he would get killed because his wife was beautiful, like Anne Margaret over there. Is that Anne Margaret? Okay. So, his wife was beautiful. So. He's he's afraid, but no. Look at the verse. It says, it wasn't us. It was your right hand and your arm. And the Jews exist today because of God and his right hand and arm and the light of your countenance because you had had a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee we will push down our enemies. Now, remember, in our New Testament, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We, are, we love the Palestinian people. And I have some good friends that are Palestinians and they're precious people. We are, we are, not, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against spirits. We are wrestling against ideas. We're wrestling against, there's anger, uh, revenge, jealousy, all these things that happen in life to people. Because the people are people. But we are instructed to be, we are Jews inwardly and we're circumcised in our hearts so that our relationship with God is, is, is our strength, our, our orientation. It's why Daniel didn't bow in Persia. It's why Mordecai didn't bow in Persia. It's why Esther went before the king without permission. It's, it, we see so many examples of people who had the Holy Spirit in them that moved them. They had a language, a different language, they had a different heart they had they had finished work, they had faith in God. They were like David in his his uh, what he did with Goliath it wasn 't conventional wisdom it wasn't preparation. it was the hand of grace, the hand of God, the spirit of God with david it was It was God saying, "I am with David, if God is with you, God is with you, and God is with you." This is beautiful. I'm excited about it. God is with us. Let's read it. Verse um, um, 5. Through thee we will push down our enemies. Through your name will we tread them under They rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. Now, uh, I wouldn't mini digress, you know, sidebar story. This quarterback for Houston, wasn't it? C.J. Stroud. I don't know if you saw that. At the end of the game, the guy The guy. The guy is so cool. 22 years old. Uh, won the game. I mean, it was a great thing that he did. It was amazing. This kid. So where my wife and I were interested in him, his story, because he said at the end, uh, praise God, God, you know, glory to God. And they go, "You are great. You are a great quarterback. You are great." He goes, "No, nah, no, nah. yeah, glory to God, glory to God." So we kind of looked it up. And when he was uh, his dad, when he was his dad was into drugs, got saved. His dad became a pastor. They had a family. His dad fell back into the drugs did had, there were charges against him for kidnapping uh, robbery uh, other things He went to prison when this quarterback was thirteen years old. I lost my dad he went to prison for twenty eight years. He is in prison today so we we like one of the 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 family almost was homeless. Yeah, his father stopped talking to him. He said, my dad was my best friend. My, my dad stopped talking. We stopped communicating. Uh, my dad was in prison. Our family with uh, four or five children were nearly homeless. Uh, I was so hungry that at high, the high school would give me food at lunchtime to take home later after school so I'd have something to eat at night. That's how he grew up. And how did he become this great quarterback to glorify God? Right? That's the story I want to know. And I can't say that I, I, I can't say that I really know the story because I only read, read some stuff off the internet, so I don't really know. But I love the idea that a kid would say in his heart and what sometime in those years, he said, when he was like 15 years old, he got real quiet and real serious, and he was like depressed. because he had this problem with his family. But what decision did he make? How did he make that decision? How did he decide to turn to Christ and forgive his dad? How did it happen that he said, you know, my dad needs grace, right? My dad needs, my, I, I want my dad in my life. He's in prison for, from 20, I think it was 28 years to a life sentence. Like very serious. And he, 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 he's saying also it's a corrupt uh, 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 judicial system. He has issues with that too. But I know that be, what he's really saying, the spirit is right about forgiveness and love. It's so amazing when that Holy Spirit comes into your heart and you're able to forgive. And it's so hard to do it. And for a young man to do that, and then his life, he he goes to Ohio State, his mother helped him get in there, he became a quarterback. He was like a very gifted guy and did a great job. I just say that to say life is more than our talent. It's the Spirit of God in you. Life is more than like what happens to you in your circumstances. Life is what, what does God say to us? What is God doing? So let's read it. It's chapter 44, verse uh, 7. But you have saved us from our enemies, it's put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long, praise thy name forever. But you have cast off, put us to shame, and goest not forth with our enemies. Armies, I'm sorry. But thou hast cast us off, put us to shame, goest not forth with our armies. Here it is. They run away from their armies. I mean, from their enemies. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to slow down, pray for help to communicate this <laughs> yeah the Jews are like fighting they're winning they're winning all the time, and then suddenly they're like you know running from their enemies they're running from their enemies and the the psalmist is saying, God, you are doing that if we are hurt of, if we are hurt, if we are running, if we are Uh, discouraged if Israel in this war that's happening in the Middle East if they were somehow defeated that would not contradict what we read in the Bible there were the Jewish nation that was running away from the Babylonians the Assyrians it's happened in their history but what does the psalmist say but we have God we have God We are run from enemies, but we can can stop. We can turn to God. We have God. We have a living God. We have the God of grace. We have the God that talks to us in our secret place, in our closet, where we shut the door and believe that God is for us. Yeah, okay. So let's go to it again here. You made us turn back from the enemy, verse 10, and they which hate us spoil us, hate us spoil for themselves. You have given us like sheep appointed for meat and has scattered us among the heathen. When you ever you have a hard time in life, remember the Jews. They are filled with it. They're filled with opposition. They're filled with hard times. They're filled with running from their enemies. And this is actually, they are recognizing this. We are sheep appointed for the slaughter, it says here. Go to uh, verse 12. You sell your people for nothing and do not increase your wealth by their price. You make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. You make us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face has covered me. For the voice of him that reproaches and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. And all this has come upon us. Yet have we not forgotten you, neither have we dealt falsely in your covenant. Our heart is not turned back. Neither have our steps declined from your way. Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons, covered us with the shadow of death, if we have forgotten the name of our God or stretch out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Great text, isn't it? Lord, you can correct me. Like, as, as believers, Lord, if, if Israel is in trouble, maybe their trouble will turn them to you. Maybe they will find the Messiah. Maybe some are asking the question. And I think throughout history, there are many Jews that have continually they ask the question, why is our history this way? And God is saying, because you are my people, I have a covenant with you. Turn to me. Turn to me and you will find me. Seek me, you will find me. This parallels our life too. And we can say it in a tender way that we are, we are those that are drawn into the secret place with God And God searches our hearts. We speak his language. We hear. We are encouraged. We are cleansed. We have God's authority. And then we're able to kill a Goliath or build an ark. Though he wasn't a Jewish thing. Noah wasn't a Jew. It was before the call of Abraham. But the point is that we are able to live a meaningful life. By having a secret place in our hearts with him. Alright, verse closing, verse twenty two. Yea, for your sake are we killed all the day long. Isn't that repeated in Romans eight? We are for your sake all we are killed all the day long, meaning we have this. But we are and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore, hidest thou thy face and forgettest our affliction and our oppression. Why, Lord? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaves to the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. So we are on the side of Israel in the conflict. We are also on the side of all people that are suffering and in trouble. That the trouble is used by God to draw them to himself, the God of all grace. The gospel is for the Jew first and then to the Gentile. We are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. It changes lives redeems us and gives us the gift of eternal life. We are blessed people. And if we run or we fight, we, we are in trouble like the Jewish people are as a nation, then we recognize this. that This is the unfolding plan of God. That I believe we are in the end times, whatever that might mean to you. We are in history, a unique time watching these things happen. And we are, we are, our eyes are on it. We understand the times we live in. Therefore, I believe that there are many people searching. Many people want to find a word. They want to find a good message. They want to find new friends. They want to find about prayer. They, like some people, when you say prayer, they don't have any idea what it is. Like prayer, it's like a religious word. But prayer, wow, it's powerful. Prayer, communion, fellowship, answers, correction, wisdom, cleansing, authority, prayer. Wow trouble, trouble, yes, but God turns us to him. Okay Amen. Amen. you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you can search our hearts. We can enter into the holy place and you speak to us and search our hearts and see if there's anything in us we can bring before you and expose it to the light but men love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. They don't want the light. But We are the children of the light. We come into the light. We walk in the light. We want the light and expose the things in our hearts. And in exposing that, then we are healed and you cleanse us. We have authority with you, power with God, power in prayer Power with God, power against the enemy. We do valiantly. We leap over a wall, run, run through a, a troop. We we are we are empowered because you are with us. Thank you for that, God. Yes, Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name. We praise you and thank you, Lord. And anyone here, you want Jesus in your life, just say to Jesus with all your heart, Lord, here I am. I, I'm not, I, I don't really know who I am, but I am here. I am a sinner, or I am I, not able, I'm not worthy, but here I am. Or I don't know you, I, I don't know who you are, but here I am, and I'm going to trust you. Come into my heart. And be my Savior, I pray in your name. Amen.